Aloha and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers. Wow. I don't even know where to start today. We have on the show Bill Watkins, founder and CEO of Lions Pride. But I think that's only one of the hats that he's worn in his life. Mission-driven and high-performing when it comes to small business owners and really passionate about bringing them forward. Lived a life of probably 10 different lives all at one time and still working on his 11th as we speak. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Been a privilege to uh, get to know you more and more over the years we've been connected. And now it is an honor to uh, to see you in motion, see you kicking butt out here and uh, talking to your badass audience. Let, let's go to work. I appreciate that. So we talk a lot about, you know, taking experience from the battlefield and applying it to the boardroom. Having really covered a lot of that, you know, from your time at West Point through multiple boardrooms and multiple iterations, there's got to be some really connective tissue that you've applied in both senses uh, along the way. What do you constantly go back to that you kind of implement from your time in the military, but you're, you're constantly using day in and day out? Well, there's two that I did not use when I was your age and probably the median age of your listening audience that I use all the time now. And number two, these are the same things that I prescribe to our cohort members or anybody that will you know, listen to me. And uh, even when they don't want to listen to me, uh, I still will hand out free advice unsolicited and oftentimes thrown in the trash can, but that's fine because I can't allow people to pursue the uh, rabbit trails that I ran down. Number one, when we're in uh, the military, and the military has changed a lot from when I served, thank goodness. Uh, we were in the post-Vietnam military, mm, not so impressive, now world-class. And so I know that everybody listening to this podcast, I know you personally, you're world-class. You're up there at the tip of the spear. We have a battle plan. We don't go into missions just going, hmm, I think I'm going to grind it out. I think I'm going to try and figure it out. I think I'm going to Google some stuff. Like, I don't really know how to do things, but, you know, I'm just going to figure it out on my own. We do not do that. We have a, depending on the branch of service, you have a written plan that you have vetted out. You've looked at all contingencies. And you know when the shit hits the fan, what you're going to do, and you know what success looks like. We morph out into civilian business, and all of a sudden, we forget that. Drives me nuts. And I've got some absolute free tools that I'm totally ready to throw to your audience that they can have absolutely for free, which are those things that I'm talking about. Number two, we had our brothers and we had our sisters alongside us. We get in foxholes with our foxhole buddy, our battle buddy. I don't know what they call them today. Marines. Uh, Navy, Air Force. We still call them battle buddies. Yep. Navy pilots and Air Force pilots have their wing person. I guess they don't call them wing men because they could be wing women, but not in business. Oh, no. We need to go out on our own. We need to grind it out. We need to go figure it out. I've already said that in number one, but we also do it in number two. And we don't go hang out. And if we do go hang, a lot of times we're not hanging. Listen, all humans are awesome. But you and I both know there's a differentiation. You went to West Point. Some of your listeners went to other academies. Some of them 
didn't go to any academy. Doesn't matter. They served in the military. There's the phalanx behind us. There's the spear, and then there's the tip of the spear. And there are some people that by DNA, by training, by whatever, by aspiration, by, by whatever they did, they're at the tip of the spear. And they are going to make the most impact to our country now through their civilian service in small business or corporate America. And hanging out with those eagles is what an eagle does. We don't go to some sort of mastermind event and hang around with somebody. We choose who we hang out with. I observe that we leave the military and we forget both of those two lessons. Breaks my heart. And anybody who listens to me, I'm going to tell them those two things. Both of those, I think, are incredible points, but I really want to focus on eagles, right? Because it's sometimes as eagles fly and go around, they can be somewhat territorial. How does an eagle find another eagle outside of the military? Yeah, bro, it's totally not easy because in the military, we're there. You know, there's other LTs, there's other captains, and in the other branches, I don't have all the ranks memorized, but they're in our pilot room. They're, they're at the battalion commander's briefing or the general's briefing or whatever. True statement. How do you find them? First of all, I think there's a network of every academy in local grads. I actually have uh, out here in remote Wyoming, I've probably got 10 grads. Okay. All of them are a lot older than I am. Class of 60. There's a few class of uh, 50, I think. None young like me. And you're going, this guy ain't young, so they must be really old. Um, so we can reach out into our alumni networks. We can, uh, reach out into our veteran community. And I'm not saying we always want to hang out with veterans. Please do not hear that when I'm saying it's just a place to start. All right. That's all it is. And then those people will know people. And usually those people are hanging around with the people you want to hang out with. And boom, I am a horrible networker. All right. I, I'm not that guy. Okay. But I do know how to strategically choose the people that I will hang around with. I'd rather have 10 or 20 awesome contacts than 2,000 contacts who I barely you know, connect with. And so I think that's the way to start. I think in LinkedIn, we look for our geographies. We look for our LinkedIn connections through zip coding and all that sort of stuff. And we gradually. Now, there's one last tip, and then we'll move on to your next question. You define in writing what you're looking for. This is the absolute most important accelerant to connecting with the right kind of people is you define the word right. What is it? And one more thing. I'm, I'm sorry. I said one more thing before. Now I'm making it two. We make the rules as we go, so don't worry. Thank you. Rules of engagement. Be flexible. Adaptable. Pivot. Exactly. All right. Number two, this is not you getting this is you determining what you're going to give. And so when I meet people, just like I told your audience just a few seconds ago, I'm going to give you as many free tools as you want, proven, badass level, world-class, proven tools that accelerate business life and the inner self. Give them away. The same thing happens with connections, your connections, is your, your aspiring to be a help to somebody. And in that journey, you obviously get. So it's defining, of course, what do I, who do I want to connect with? What do I need from them? Okay, I mean, don't be a saint out there not wanting anything and then be ready to give. Therein is the journey to 
the people you want, your battle buddies. It really comes down to ask, right? Ask internally what you can give, ask internally what you're looking to receive. And then as you're continuing to have these conversations, right? Because not everyone you meet is going to be your best friend, but you don't know who will and won't be, right? You're going to have to kind of go through that naturally throughout life. Totally. And I think that's that's a great point. But knowing what you can offer to others allows you to really lead yourself to where you want to go. Totally. And, you know, just because nowadays we all have GPS, not just the military uh, back in the day. Back in the day, I had compass and map. I still use compass and map along with GPS when I head out to the, to the back country. You never know when your GPS is going to crap out. So you got to have map and compass. A lot of people don't know how to use that. But the idea is that, that there's a place, you know, all of us, we get in our car, we, hey, Apple Maps, hey, Google Maps, get me to X, Y, Z. Boom, all of a sudden we're making turns and but, you know, there's traffic, we divert, but we get to the place in life and in business and in the journey of finding our treasured friends, our close friends and our battle buddies, we don't do that. It's just like all of a sudden we just wake up and we're going to wander around wondering, you know, where are we going and who's going to help me get there? Zero definition, none, no clarity, no GPS coordinates. It's just wandering and wondering. That ability to define where you want to go in your journey, did that come across through like a book, experience, some a mentor? Because that seems to be a very influential point in your life where you learn to embrace that? Yeah, a couple things. I've got three tools. I can tell you the history of one. I can tell you the history of the second. And I think I could tell you the history of the third. And when I say history, I'm not going to ramble, okay? Number one, I met Vern Harnish. He is the founder of Scaling Up Organization. It's fantastic. It's mid-market acceleration and coaching firm. Just Google Vern Harnish. He's famous. He will not remember that I sat next to him at Walter Haley's Ranch uh, in Kerrville, Texas at a workshop with Walter. And I thought, Vern, he's about, I don't know, 15 years younger than me, uh, one of the smartest people on the planet. At that time, I think he was founding EO or YPO or something. He was just, and Walter just thought he was a water walker, which he was. And so I like to hang out with water walkers. Of course, I thought I was the number one water walker, but here's this other guy who's even better than me. I was thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. I didn't know shit about entrepreneurship. That's how entrepreneurs work, right? You think you can do it until you start doing it. And then you're like, what was I thinking? Anyway, I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then our, our, our significant others are asking us at the dinner table, what right. were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, so years later, I learned from him the one-page strategic plan. I used it for decades. I pivoted, customized it to my own use. I call it the one-page business plan. I'm happy to give it to your audience. It's the bomb. One-page personal plan came out of the one-page business plan over the years because I was like, first of all, I was wandering and wondering. I was wandering aimlessly in my life. I was just, you know, slaying dragons. And then, I don't know, one day I woke up and, you know, I said, where in the hell am I going in life? I mean, all I'm doing is this thing. And I created for myself the one-page personal plan, which is a kind of a mirror image of the one-page business plan. But here's the deal. Why would you have an op order for a military mission? Why would you have a business plan for your business? And why would you wander aimlessly without a personal plan? Most people do. Oh, hell, we're going to do some New Year's resolutions, sprinkle in a few goals every quarter or something. Got to set goals. For what purpose? 
I mean, why? Where are you going to be in three years? What does your spouse think? Or where does she or he think you're going to be in three years? Did you guys ever align? You know, you said, will you? She said, I will. And then she's thinking we're going here. You're thinking we're going here. Anybody ever get an alignment on that? Anybody get an alignment in writing? That's called the one-page personal plan. Today to then to tomorrow. Even, even Don and I at our ages, 68, all right? She was my West Point sweetheart. We still sit down and craft out, yes, you will live that long. No, I'm not near the grave anytime soon that I'm aware of. And yes, we have an active and dynamic one-page personal plan. Last thing, a one-page estate and exit plan. For you entrepreneurs out there, the time to write your exit plan or to think about your exit is the day after you incorporate. And most people don't. I ask entrepreneurs all the time today. And the way to protect your wealth, your, this asset you're building, your business, is through an estate plan. So I call it the one-page estate makes a plan. I built that with tons of help. And for me to list all the books, the textbooks that went into that, it's we'd get to the end of the podcast, but I'm happy to share those, my reading list. But they're the textbooks that went into these three tools. Now, when you put these three tools together, you're working on your business life. All right. And that bleeds over into your, your wealth. I've been very, very, very poor. Lived on food stamps with my young family as, I, as an entrepreneur. Uh, it sucks. I've been very, very, very wealthy. All right. Sold my businesses. I don't tell you that to impress you, but to impress upon you, this thing is better than living on food stamps. And so the estate and exit plan is how you lock in that wealth, put all that together. And now we got a great journey. And like you said, it's really about leveling the bubbles across all three domains to make sure those that are with you and believe in you and you want to continue to be around where everybody's able to move in the same direction. Otherwise, like you said, you're looking at the same map. You want to go north. Someone else wants to go east, west, whoever that significant other family members. Now, you talked about slaying the dragons and recognizing you kind of woke up one day and you're like, I'm, I'm trying to slay every dragon, but I only need to slay one. What skill or like, talent are you really trying to achieve now where you are in life that you're pretty much a novice on that's new to you that is a dragon of yours that you you are trying to currently slay can i tell you what i believe first and then can i tell you where i am on that absolutely okay good i believe that you me and everybody that's probably listening to this podcast is what i call the one percenter i think i talked about that a few minutes before. I can never remember where I ramble on. So, you know, I'm assuming I, I said. I'll keep you straight, not to worry. Yeah. There you go. I said, you're in the military, you're the army, you went to West Point, you know, veteran, whatever. 1%. Top 1%. Okay? Not everybody gets into West Point. Not everybody stays in West Point. So let's, let's say you're a 1%. But to me, there's another journey. You see, the one percenters breath gets taken away when they think about the 0.01% journey. Can I get there? Japanese uh, Toyota manufacturing came up with a concept called Kaizen, constant and never-ending improvement. And I think that's what one percenters are driven for. Now, the trouble is that one percenters, for a period of time, it's their military service, then they get out, they transition, and then it becomes civilian. And that usually becomes either their work, corporate America or something, or they own a company, they start a company or whatever. So work becomes the singular focus. But see, on the 0.01% journey, there's two other aspects. We just spoke about one, life, health, 
relationships, children, spouses, um, friends, um, charities, spirituality. There's these 10 categories of which work is one, but there's one more journey. And I'm getting to a point. It's the inner journey. It's the man or woman in the mirror. It's this thing that you cannot see when you look at my work and you see all the medals on my chest. Go to my LinkedIn profile. Wow, Watkins is amazing. Talk to my wife. Oh, I love my husband. You know, my grandson, he's over here. He adores me. Yeah, I got my shit together in life. I'm kicking ass at work. But what about in here? Yeah. So what I'm working on right now, specific to your question, is I am on the inner journey. I, I've got a lot of success at work. Can I get better? Absolutely. I've got a lot of success at life. Can I get better? Absolutely. But where I really need to juice it is that inner journey. So I just flew back from Vegas where I'm exploring Wim Hof's cold water, low temperature immersion. I'm working on breath work. I'm working on, I'm doing yoga right after this. I've got mindfulness teacher and a meditation teacher. And so I'm trying to find those people who can Come inside here. I've got Randy Lovejoy's walking me through spirituality, you know, my version of spirituality. And so I'm having vibrant exploration of this inner self because for the longest time I looked in the mirror and I, and I saw a guy who just wasn't good enough. That, that little person back here going, you're not smart enough. Tony's smarter than you, bro. And you feel a little bit like an imposter. But I want to make sure that when I look straight in that mirror, I pull out my memento mori cone that says you could leave life right now. Poof. I look in the mirror and I go, yeah, my last millisecond, it's been a great life. I couldn't have gotten better than I am right this second. And if I pass away, so be it. If I have another day, bring it on. I'm going to get better. And I think that's the inner journey for me. So working on that inner journey, it's easy to miss because you can't measure it. It's, there's no like win-loss column. And externally that people can look at, like you said, it's only seen by us when you look, like you said, into the mirror and see who is staring back at you. And there's been times we've all gone through it where we're like, so-and-so is better, so-and-so's, but it's never, how can I get better for myself? I think that's really powerful. So what one thing today of all that helped you be better internally? I challenged my cohort members uh, last Tuesday. And anytime I challenge my cohort members, I take up the challenge myself. And I said, you know, uh, our cohort members work on those three. They, they want to achieve the 0.01% certification. They want to be the tip of the spear, the sharp, sharp edge of the tip of the spear. And they're working on their companies. You know, we've got uh, uh, some startups. We've got some early revenues, but we have a lot of growth revenue people. I was at a dinner with a bunch of our members. Uh, they brought their spouses and several of those spouses came up and gave me a hug and whispered in my ear. And they said, I'm so glad my husband is in your program. We're a better family. He's a better man. Thank you. Now, when I hear that, my heart just jumps out of my chest. So we're doing good on life. But here's what I challenged my cohort members. I said, all right, you're, you're working on your life. You're working on your business. Great. What are you doing for yourself? I said, stop right now. I want you to take a minute and I want you to reflect back to me what you've committed to yourself on your inner journey. Of course, for some of them, they haven't committed anything. I get it. They're busy, kids, spouses, health, gym workouts, employees, blah, blah, blah. 
it's never ending. And I said, okay. So the, the conversation was pretty limited. I said, okay, then stop. If you don't have a commitment to yourself, pretend like on the screen, you're looking in the mirror, make a promise right now. Between now and the end of the year, what can you do for yourself? To a lot of people, they came back and said, I can, I'm either going to create or update my one-page personal plan with my significant other. Okay, good. And then I said, here's the thing. Get out a little sheet of paper. I like it analog. All right. I know all of you are digital natives, but go analog with me for a second because I want it in your pocket in the morning and I want it to come out of your pants at night or your skirt. All right. Here you go. What's the one little teeny thing that moves that needle, Tony? Let me give you an example. I am drinking a 12 ounce glass of water with splash of lemon. Every morning when I wake up before I take a sip of coffee, boom, every night as I lay my head on the pillow, I am saying two gratitudes, one of which will be verbalized to my spouse. I know it's crazy. I know you want to get to sleep. I just want to tell you, I am so glad you married me. I have, as I tuck my children in, said to them, I love you more than the stars in the sky. And do you know how many stars are out there? Let's go look. Yeah. How much time does that take? It doesn't, bro. It ain't a new book. It's not a gym membership. It's nothing. It takes milliseconds. But that right there is accelerating the inner self. And so I said, write it down on this piece of paper, put it in your pocket tonight. Don't forget, take it out and set it right where you, you know, unload things and then recharge it. Look at it in the morning and put it right back in your pocket. It's there. And then do it. And so uh, I do it, okay? I, I do it. I think my dear bride uh, rolls her eyes and she goes, oh, did you do another one of these things? I mean, oh my gosh, you're crazy. And I said, I am crazy, but I am so glad you married me, even though I was this punk you know, kid you knew in high school. So God knows let's build an extraordinary life. And uh, she's like, whatever, you know, go talk to Tony, will you? And tell him to let you leap off the ledge. And seeing that in your eyes, hearing that story, that has to be what really has really impacted and improved your life since being able to do, look at those nanoseconds of those very small, we'll say free things you can do. Like it's just more of a commitment to yourself on your inner journey to do that leaps and bounds, you know, going forward will improve from where you are right now. Yes, my friend. You know, Maslow's hierarchy needs. I know you studied that in BSNL or whatever that department is called now, right? Still BSNL. There you go. There's a time when we're focused on survival. We're focused on putting food on the table, you know, buying that first house, getting the, the, the car for our spouse or the minivan or having our first baby or all that, raising our kids, you know, all that. But as we figure that out to the best of our ability, we're, we're moving up and we begin moving into esteem and self-actualization. And what I'm talking about are the accelerants to those. These small things, all right, are the things that I did not do back in the day. But I have learned a few things along the way. And, and I now share those freely with people because they are the true accelerants to move faster up that triangle. And work, grinding it out, which is just sells a hell of a lot of books, but it doesn't build lives, all right? It's, it's like a unicorn or a Yeti, you know? Uh, I, I'm a grinder. Yeah, whatever. 
figure something else out. Come on, you got to be a lot smarter than the average person out there who says the same shit, you know, or all these, these, you know, Gary V motivational little quotes or Grant Cardone or all these. Listen, they're wonderful humans, but I, I want more for our one percenters than than all that crap. And so I don't want them. I want them to tell themselves different things, not secrets, but different things. And having that perspective comes from, you know, having a lot of experience, both success and failure. You know, you want something unique to that individual. So along the way, like I just said, there's been failure. What failure has ultimately led to a great success of yours? Well, I have had so many. I could talk to you about the two companies that I started uh, against everybody else's good advice that uh, eventually lost me millions of dollars. I could talk to you about my divorce. Uh, that was brutal, and I uh, wouldn't wish that on anybody. The uh, blast radius of a divorce on my family was huge. I could talk to you about you know the breakup way, way back in the day that I had with my parents when I knew better than they did and thought I needed to go my own way and hitchhike to college and you know didn't speak to them for a year. I could talk to you about... Uh, the dark night of my soul on August 14th of 1988, when I was about ready to rave the surrender flag on life because I had done everything that you, that I just told you. And I was still up against countless dragons that kept coming at me. You know, I was turning a company around. I was newly married. Uh, there were just so many things that even a, a West Pointer uh, probably uh, couldn't even handle. And, and I couldn't. And I was about ready to give it all up. And uh, I think that August 14th night did not change me. But that night did set some seeds for incredible growth. Probably took me another 10 years to truly mature as a human beyond the wrestlings that I had uh, that night. And I would tell you that it was a failure on all aspects. What imploded on me was that I wasn't winning at work, at least the way that I thought. My life was all work, 100, 110 hours, and so my life sucked, and my newly married wife was letting me know that. And uh, my inner journey was just full of looking in the mirror and just seeing a flat-out failure. And here was the, like, the coup d'etat that really triggered this wrestling I had uh, uh, late that night was I had nobody to talk to. I had not built any battle buddies in my life. I had thought that in being independent was a sign of strength. And therefore, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, as I'm, I have no one except for my wonderful golden retriever, Coral, to talk to. And that was not good because Coral told me I was awesome. But I knew that I wasn't. But I didn't have anybody to, you know, put their arm around me and tell me. And so this was the failing. The specific failing, the, the buildup on the failing was work, life, you know, inner journey and all that. But the specific failing was that that night was the deepest and darkest night of loneliness that I had as a human being. And I would never wish that on anybody. And so therefore, that started the process. And when I sold my companies in December of 2012, and I had made an amazing amount of money and I didn't need to work anymore. That set me on this mission, what you and I are talking about. And I will relentlessly pursue this mission until my last penny or my last breath. 
you touched on something I think I, I just want to kind of highlight real quick is leadership is lonely, right? You're on the mountain. You're trying to take people up with you, but recognizing that you're not alone in that journey is critical and easy to miss because you're so focused, going back to a previous conversation we were just having, in that grind mode, right? I need to grind. I need to keep pushing. I need to go harder. I need to go faster. I need to be stronger. But recognizing if you don't have people around you that can support you when you fail, when you succeed, it really just takes all the life and purpose out of what you're Mm -hmm. doing away from you. Agreed. Like you said, because it took 10 years to get after that point on that night of August 14th, then time after that. Yeah. I think uh, I didn't define it so clearly back then, but I do now define it as the lumberjack syndrome. The lumberjacks, see, one percenters are the badassest lumberjacks in the forest. They, they're chopping more wood than any other lumberjack. That's why they're a one percenter. You see, but the, the journey to the 0.01% is what most one percenters won't do. And it's what I didn't do up until that night when I told you I had my dark night of the soul. It's that I will stop. I will realize my axe is dull and I will stop and I will sharpen. Now, by sharpening it, I usually need to get help. You see, and I couldn't ask for help. Help doesn't, isn't a sign of weakness. Help is a sign of intelligence. And so I pivot and then I turn right or I turn left and I look at the lumberjack and I say, hey, you got an axe sharpener? Sure. Want to borrow it? Yes, I do. Thank you. And then I take 10 minutes. 15 minutes to sharpen that axe. And then I go back to it. I wasn't. And so I was the discouraged lumberjack, too proud, too silly to ask for help, and then chopping the crap out of wood, but not getting anywhere, whether I was at work, in life, or, or with myself. You see, this is a big mistake, but oftentimes, as I was, we're unconscious to it. Right. And to that point, asking for help forces you to ask yourself, what am I really looking for? Boom. And Bill, you talked a lot about really, you know, working on your inner journey, asking for help, like we were just talking about Mm. and how you, you know, constantly seek Mm. improvement of that 1% going towards that point, you know, 1%. Mm -hmm. How would you say, Bill Watkins, you are better than yesterday? Mm. Well, first of all, I'm committed to it. And I accept that I, I get up in the morning and I put my Memento Mori coin in my pocket, which Memento Mori is a stoic uh, philosophy that, you know, you could die now, right now. Most of us don't live that way. Most of us live like we're, I know I did when I was in my 30s and 40s. I was going to live forever. So I didn't really need to get my shit together because I had time. Yeah, but what if you don't? And so I put my little coin in my pocket. And as I hold that coin and I put it in my pocket, I make a commitment to pursue that 0.01% journey and to be better tonight than I was when I put the coin in my pocket early in the morning. And then I go jump into my morning routine and, you know, I I jump into my work. I talk to wonderful, badass people like you and, and, and I move through the journey. Then when I put my head on the pillow, okay. I say gratitudes. I was I spoke to you earlier about you know some suggestions that I make to our code members, and I will say three gratitudes. I will rewind my day, and one of those gratitudes is to Bill Watkins. Billy, 
I am grateful that fill in the blank made you a better human today. And I have to think back, like, what did I do that made me a better human? Now, we own a home down in Florida. I told you that because Donna's been down there remodeling it uh, since October. I haven't haven't seen each other. And so she arrived uh, back yesterday. I picked her up at the airport. I haven't seen her in a long time. You know, and we're, you know, we're been married a long time. So it's not like, you know, we're, we're spring chicken kids, you know. And but today I just wanted to know. So I had written her a card, which she found this morning. And I had written her from my heart how glad I was she was back. I did miss her and how committed I was to building uh, the most extraordinary life for her and for me and for us. And so, you know, I like to communicate in words and verbally. And, and so I wrote that out. And she, she, my office is out in the barn. The, the ranch house is over there about, I don't know, two or 300 yards. And she walked out here and I was on a call. She gave me a silent little hug and she said, the, you know, thank you that you wrote me that card. It meant a lot to me. Now, I'm grateful that I did that. I was busy getting to the Army-Navy game. I was busy, you know, wrapping up uh, some big workshops we had for our covert members last week. I could have easily punted that, but I didn't. Hit it in a place that I knew she'd find it the day after she got here as she unpacked her suitcase. Well, there you go. So that, I think, made me just a teeny tiny little bit better human because I committed to myself that that would be important to her. And I fit that somehow in, you know, like everybody else, my so-called busy schedule. And uh, I think it warmed her heart. So I'll be grateful for that tonight, that I did that. Bill, thank you so much for not only committing to yourself, but committing to share with us, you know, your lessons learned, your strategies, your methods. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Got Your Six podcast. Where can people go to reach out to you if they're looking for you? You bet, bro. So uh, uh, B. Watkins at thelionspride.com, uh, all one word, the lions, plural, pride.com. You write me directly, um, please. Uh, you can go to thelionspride.com. Tons of free resources there uh, up in the upper left-hand uh, corner. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm William B. as in Bravo, C. as in Charlie Watkins, two initials, William B. C. Watkins on, on uh, LinkedIn. and um, Tony, I'm, if you want to share the resources uh, out to your audience, that's fine. I'm happy to share those three tools uh, with your audience, or if your audience is intrigued and they want one or all the tools, all they have to do is reach out directly. And that's it. I'm all over the place on this mission uh, to help your audience, help you, Tony, whatever that is. Thank you, Bill. Thank you again for your time. And of course, thank you for having our six. Appreciate you. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having our six. Thanks for creating this podcast. Thank you for energizing your community. Sixers, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass along, tell them what you got out of it. If you're listening on Apple, make sure you leave us a review. And if you don't like what we're doing, also let us know. We can only get better from hearing from you, all the Sixers out there. We're always here to adapt and evolve as this podcast continues to grow and thrive. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button and you'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers. 
But the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.